0: want to say thank you to the Iowa pork producers for coming on and being a sponsor of the Hawkeye Nation podcast. The Iowa pork industry, including production, processing, and packing, provided more than 141,000 jobs in 2015. That's about the total combined populations of Ames, Ankeny, and Coralville, with nearly 52% in production. And the pork industry contributed over $750 million in state and local taxes in 2015. Iowa, get this, Iowa produces a third of the hogs raised in the United States and is the nation's leader in pork production and more than 90% of Iowa's hog farms are family owned. So thank you to the Iowa pork farmer. Thank you to the Iowa pork consumer. Visit their website at iowapork.org. HN Podcast, coming to you from the Exile Brewing Company Studios. Thank you to them. Thank you to Heartland Flag, Poles and Flags, as well as the Iowa Port Producers for your support of all of our HN Podcasts. Iowa loses to Purdue 24 to 15. Now, I didn't think I was going to have to do math on this podcast because I'm not really good at it. Um, I'm so uncomfortable at times that I have to check myself. Multiple God gave me the uh, ability to talk for a living, be it this or in sales, so that's what I do. I, I'm not an accountant, and therefore I I have to check myself. But I want you to walk through something with me. About a minute ago, Iowa scores a touchdown to pull to within 24 to 15. 24 minus 15 and I even got my calculator out just to make sure I had it right That's a nine-point differential in college football touchdowns are worth six and if you go for two you can get two points hence going for two if You kick the extra point you get one so Iowa scores that touchdown to pull within nine At some point, they're going to have to try a two-point conversion, but really it's not at some point because you have to get to within a one possession game for the onside kick attempt to even matter. So at 24 to 14 with one minute left, there is no decision to make. You kick the extra point to make it 24 to 16, then... It's a one-possession game requiring the two-point conversion to be successful to send it to overtime. Iowa chooses to go for two down nine with a minute left. They choose to go for two down nine. Now, had they converted that, they would have been down seven and an onside kick recovery would have allowed them to score a touchdown and kick an extra point and tie the game to send it overtime. But you have to get the game to a one possession game in order to get it to a one possession game. Because if you don't do something to get it to a one possession game, then it's not a one possession game. Now, if I'm talking to you, if it sounds like I'm talking to a toddler, trying to explain something, it kind of feels like it. I'm just, I'm, I'm literally working through this, making sure I don't miss something and sound like a complete idiot buffoon. But you're down nine, you have to kick the PAT to get it to eight. So then you have it a one possession game. But going for two there and not converting, which is what happened to Iowa, they didn't convert the two point possession, hence they're down nine points. Nine points is not a one possession game. You have to kick the extra point there to get it to a one possession game. This is the second time in, I don't know, two or three years. I can't I can't remember when the last time it was when Kirk Ferentz was asked about, you know, why would you do something because it needed to be a two, whatever. And it doesn't matter if the odds are against you on recovering an onside kick. It doesn't matter. There are certain things. There is a card. You don't. Go for two down nine with a minute left. You just don't do it. I I don't I don't understand that anyway. Am I burying the lead a little bit? That whole two point conversion thing probably would have been better in the back half of this podcast than the front, as more of a cherry on top. But it happened so quickly, and my mind is. St- I mean, I'm so. I'm so shocked by this. I'm still wondering if I have it wrong. That's why I walked through it with you. I don't think that I do. And know the opinion of, well, they weren't going to get it anyway, so it doesn't matter anyway, or they had to get one two-point conversion at some time anyway. It doesn't matter. You have to make it a one-score game for it to be a one-score game. And you kick the extra point there to make it a one-score game. I don't understand it. I don't... Let me tell you some other things. I don't understand the black and gold unites us all but then what kevin the flag guy from heartland flags here if you're listening to this podcast you bleed black and gold but what comes after the hawks for me it's the cincinnati reds and cincinnati bengals nope can't explain it what about you packers and wizards pelicans and sharks nascar and the jags Bulls, Bucks, and Chargers? Whatever flag you want, we've got it. Jump online to heartlandflags.com and shop our huge inventory of sports teams flags. You won't find a better selection or better prices anywhere, guaranteed. And to top it off, free shipping on all purchases at heartlandflags.com. Oh, and that Iowa flag you've been flying since the Hawks last went to the Orange Bowl? Time to step up and freshen up with a new design. Check out our Hawkeye selection when you're shopping for your other favorite team flags at heartlandflags.com where you'll never pay for shipping. Okay, there's only one explanation I can think of. Only one. And that is if Kirk was going to go for two points twice to try to win it. That's that's the only possible explanation I can think of. But you probably wouldn't go for two at home, you know, needing an extra point to send it to overtime if you got the got it right the first time at any rate. Let's just let's move along we'll circle back to that later 24 15 lost to purdue 258 yards of offense i think they had that exactly at halftime against ohio state 17 first downs i think they had 14 or 17 and a half against ohio state two trips to the red zone seven against ohio state none against wisconsin Two today iowa's offense scored a touchdown in this game scored two touchdowns in this game the defense has actually outscored the offense 16 to now 13 in the past two games combined. I don't for the life. I mean, last week was painful enough, Iowa's offensive ineptitude, but Wisconsin's pretty good. Even still, you don't expect that level of offensive ineptitude, but move on, new game. This week against Purdue, who's got a good defense, give him credit, but for the offense to look as clueless as it did this week, Again, and we're just 14 days removed from one of the most amazing offensive games ever put forth by an Iowa football team. How does this happen? How does it happen? Another thing I don't get in this game, I think it was midway or what was it? Gosh, I can't remember the exact score. I mean, for the game, Iowa ran 28 first downs and threw on 11 of them. But there for a while, I think it was like, you know, 16 first-down plays, and they had only thrown the ball two or three times. And Purdue knows these things. They scout their opponent. And Purdue was run-blitzing on first down, committing eight, sometimes nine defenders to the box. And Iowa was still running into it. They weren't passing. I don't understand these things. I, I, if if I can see them from my leather chair in Oklahoma, the coaches see it, but they didn't take advantage of that or they didn't they didn't. They chose not to zig they zagged instead Purdue is a team that came in here I mean second half adjustment there's got to be one thing they wrote in their whiteboard in the second half that is throw the ball at number five Manny Ragumba first four plays of the second half Purdue threw at Manny Ragumba the only play that didn't result in the reception Manny Ragumba held his player for a penalty touchdown Iowa three and out Purdue gets the ball back two plays they threw at that side of the field. Old Jamudia got torched. Let's run in Matt Hankins a freshman. next play Hankins torch touchdown. but Purdue saw uh, uh, Purdue saw weakness and exploited it. So hat tip to them. not so much for Iowa. Now I- I'm gonna give you some of you this bone because I know you're waiting for it just only to get irritated. Yes, I picked Iowa to be 6-6. Six and six. Maybe that's where they're heading. I mean, next week's game against Nebraska, you're talking about two teams that probably don't even want to be there. So that's going to be quite a pillow fight, probably. But, yes, did I – I mean, I, I almost – well, not almost. I asked my wife if she would come up here just for, you know, make a 10-second appearance on the podcast. I said, would you please come up here and I'm going to ask you a question and just give the the people the answer, then you can leave. I told her before the season began that I was kind of looking forward to the season being over. Because I expected the offense to look really bad at times and I just felt that it was going to be one of those seasons. You know, like how in the winter, like early in the winter, you get that first big clipper system that comes down and it's really, really cold. 15-20 15-20 degrees and it might have been 50 or 60 the day before and you're just not ready for it and you don't have the appropriate jacket on and you're in the mall and you're walking to your car and you put your head down you just hunch your shoulders up and put your head down as my dog climbing all over me she's she, she slept with the whole game so this is wake-up time she hears me talk So you put your head down, you hunker down, you hunch your shoulders, you're just so cold and you're gritting your teeth and you just want to get to the car to where it's warm just to get that walk from the mall to the car over with. That's kind of what I expected this season was going to be. And a lot of the times it has been, but there's been some rays of hope that maybe I didn't expect. The offensive performance against Iowa State and that comeback, that was things I did not expect to see this year. And then after that, you know, it was the, the 17-10 train. Um, and, and then the wholly unexpected offensive domination of an Ohio State team that still remains Iowa's only opponent thus far this year that hasn't been very aggressive in their blitz counts and that hasn't loaded the box against Iowa and Iowa torched them. So the, I, the Ohio State game, gosh, you think at 46 years old, you think i just learn to stick with what I think and just go with it and write it out. But no, the fan in me sees the Ohio State game and thinks, man, boy, they're turning a corner. That's amazing. This is, they're ahead of schedule. Okay, this is the Kirk Ferentz developmental program. Wow, it's November now, and here they come. 2008 analogs, oh man, they're gonna, they can finish strong. Boy, these last two games almost have sucked all the goodwill out of that Ohio State victory. I think for a lot of fans it has. You know, for the fans that had some fairness fatigue to begin with, I think those fans are probably like, you know, forget, you know, the Ohio State game was fun and great, but it's not like they were living on that. And now here Iowa sits at six and five. And again, I picked them six and six. A lot of media members picked them six and six. The others picked them seven and five that didn't pick them six and six. But the biggest thing that makes this a little more painful actually and even a bit concerning if I'm being honest is This team is playing worse Not better this team right now against Wisconsin You can if you want to throw that out because the Badgers 11-0 look really good But against Purdue the offense still look that bad This team is playing worse now than it did in September. This is a program that defines itself As a developmental program. A program that gets better as the season goes on. And yes, I know. There are two freshmen playing tackle. And wouldn't it be nice to have your two, three-year starters at tackle? It absolutely would be. Come on, dog. You're making things screw up here. Chill out, puppy. But you know they don't have them. And they haven't had they haven't had Ike Bucker since the second half of the Iowa State game, and Boone Myers hasn't played a healthy snap all season. And I think what did they shut him down for? Was it against uh, Michigan State? From then on, did he not play? Something like that. So th- that's been the reality for a long time. And so yes, I, I there are four or five drop passes today, and we've seen a lot of those this year. So there's enough of those things, but still, they're regressing. This 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 is a little bit. This is a regression and you can't sit here and say the Ohio State game didn't happen because it did We all saw it even though it seems like it was possibly a dream at this point. It happened. It still happened So you know what they're capable of That doesn't that's not to say they're capable of just being that team every time it still takes execution but it but by not throwing the ball more on first down when the team has clearly scouted you as a first down run lean and you're running into run blitzes on first down to not throw the ball more on first down, you're not giving your players a chance. You're not putting them giving them the best chance. Now, uh, you know, another thing a thing that throw out there that maybe in the defense of the coaching staff, Iowa's play action game isn't working. And, and last week against Wisconsin they didn't run it hardly at all. But their play action game when they ran it today against Purdue, it wasn't working because over on the right side, and this is Tristan Worf's side, they were getting no protection. There was at least two instances of a free runner off the right edge at least two instances of that maybe more I remember two that Stanley got crushed Maybe that's their their concern with play-action Is they're just not blocking it up well enough in practice Therefore they don't want to take it to a game because that's asking for a turnover And that's that's not a good thing There were numerous times in this game where Iowa was in in an obvious passing situation and they had two running backs in the backfield to protect one of them would leak out, but one was a protector. That's a problem. So there's there's just not progress being made, really, by the offense. And, you know, in statistics, even though I'm not a math guy, I'm not as bad as I let on, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not great. I'm actually better with percentages and, and statistics and doing those off the top of my head. And in statistics, you know, y- you toss out outliers, you toss out... Performances that are extremely horrible uh, Numbers that are incredibly out of whack to the good and to the bad So you almost have to toss that Ohio State game out and then toss the Wisconsin game out And and find out what the average is in the middle And that's probably more A more accurate description of what this Iowa offense is And it's not good It's not good Not seeing any, any positive developments from the receivers Continuing to see drops Amir Smith-Marset Two big drops today One on a 25 to 30 yard gainer in the first half on third down That uh, Well, he had a third down drop right away and then, then a, a deep ball That would have been a 25 30 yard gainer doesn't come any easier hitting right in the hands a Defender didn't have a hand on him. He had about a yard gap between he and the defender was it a little under thrown? Yes, but he turned around I mean, no that was a bad bad drop so really no growth from the receiver core Matt Vandenberg had a drop Brandon Smith this big huge bodied receiver from down south we talked about all summer long barely plays Max Cooper's not playing so they've got some guys for next year some different faces some guys they talk positively about but we don't see any growth from the receiver position which was you know the most concerning position on Iowa's team coming into this season we've saw I, I'm we haven't seen any growth there we haven't seen any progress there other than snap counts that's it they've got two great tight ends Have just having a hard time getting the ball to them although TJ Hawkinson today had four targets three receptions Noah Fant with four targets two receptions at least one drop so, I mean, that's that's what? That's eight targets? That needs to be closer to 15, in my opinion. So that, that you know, it's... Oof. I mean, after the Ohio State game, the one of the things I thought was, man, there's going to be a lot of... Uh, this is going to be a win that just carries Iowa fans through the offseason, gives them a lot of hope for next year with a very favorable schedule. But now it's like... That's, that's kind of already run through the gas tank, it feels like, doesn't it? It does. At least to me. But I don't speak for you. I just speak for myself. Really not much of a reason to go through the statistics in this one. They weren't good. It was, um, you know, a lot of Iowa's yards came late after the game was already out of touch, to be honest. And you watched, so you know that. Maybe he probably turned the game off. I, you know, At least some of you... T- you know, sorry, that was my dog nearly puking. Ginger, what am I going to do with you? So I don't know. I, I, I don't know. This is one... This is the type of performance, the last couple performances, we've got to see what happens against Nebraska and then see what happens in the bowl game. And then, you know, we can address potential soul-searching in the offseason. But offense is going to have to look better than this over the course of the next year or two to have any sort of chance if, if Kirk wants to see Brian be hired as the next head coach weeks like the last two weeks aren't going to get it done there'll be so much uproar it will be politically impossible for that to happen but that's a podcast for a different day there's plenty of off season to discuss things like that and I don't really want to get into that now especially when all the data on the season hasn't come in yet but we're getting pretty close I was 6-5 and five going to Nebraska six days from now to play a Black Friday game. That'll wrap it up as the dog's driving me crazy. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. And if you have any ideas on the two-point conversion thing, um, shoot them to me. I'd love to hear your theories. Maybe I'm missing something. And if if I am missing something, I will come back and apologize copiously. But if the only thing is, maybe they were trying to go for get eight points twice and win it i don't think that's gonna fly unless my math is really wrong take care ginger stop it